It's Holger Kamova. I am Executive Chairman of Aston Minerals based on the ASX. The code is ASO. And um, my background, I was a founder of a company called Sierra Resources, and we developed the world's largest graphite mine in Mozambique. Um, we raised $400 million to build that uh, plant, which is now operational. Um, subsequently, I went and put together a couple of other companies, which have been quite successful. We built um, the Century Zinc Mine in far north Queensland, and we're um, moved on to Aston Minerals. Tolga, good to meet you. Uh, Thank you much. We've not spoken on that before, so I'm, I'm sort of intrigued. We love a nickel story. You know, we, I think all, all, our, all our members know that. Um, and I want to talk about what you guys have done. So you go into a little bit of background there. So you're what, a finance guy, technical guy? Oh, I'm more of a finance guy, definitely. But I've, over the years, I've become a technical guy as well, to a certain extent. But I'm... Um, Definitely more markets focused. Okay, cool. So let's let's talk let's talk about what you've um, got here. Okay, we're, we're talking nickel, talking nickel, nickel sulfide. Um, can we just start with what it? When when did this this project start off? Because if I'm looking at your early press releases, you were hunting gold. Yeah. So the project evolved. The company evolved. It was actually a shell company that um had some money in it. We were looking for assets, as most junior companies start. Um, and we met a gentleman by the name of Dale Jin, who was working, um, I suspect, with Eric Sprott and those guys um, in the past. And he was, um, started asking some questions about what opportunities are based in Canada. And we're looking for like large gold projects, what we're interested in. Being successful, a little company called Bellevue Gold, which is in Australia, that's no longer a small company. Um, and he approached us and said, look, I've got this project that I drilled in 2012. And he pointed out one of the intercepts, whereas um, I think it was like five meters at 85 grams from about 110, 120 meters. And the second he said that, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Um, there was a step back hole he showed me, which was three meters at 52 grams. So I was like, okay, there's, there's obviously a large mineralizing deposit there. Um, so we bought that asset or bought these licenses in um in uh, Ontario and Canada for about $3 million in shares and a couple hundred grand in cash and went from there. So the story evolves. We're drilling for holes for gold and we hit, I think it was a meter at two kilos from about 350 meters. So it was a pretty good gold hit. And as we're stepping along, we're hitting, um, we're hitting sulfides and we're XRFing and we're looking, at, it's coming out with nickel values. So we're like, okay, this, this is interesting. Um, we need to look at the potential for nickel here. Went back through the archives in Ontario, the mines department. In the mines department, there was a report by a group called Mustang Minerals. And um, they did a report on the, the potential for nickel sulfide deposit on our district. And um, down south, and I'll go into detail about the location a little bit later, but there's a, there was a couple of drill holes drilled in 1959, 1960. And those holes hit decent intersections and we're um, one of the holes, the last 30 to 40 metres, the grades go from 0 0.28, 0 0.3, 0 0.32, then it's 0.36, then 0.42, 0.4, 0.5, 0.5, 0.58, 0.52, 0.42, 0 0.6, and just kept getting better at the last 30, 40 metres. And we're like, okay, something's interesting is happening here. Um, and obviously those kind of intercepts in 1959, 1960 are clearly not as interesting um, but in today's day and age, what BHP and all these large nickel intrusive ore bodies that they mine are all about 0.5 to 0.6 grade. 
So that clearly pricked our interest. Um, we set off to put some permits in. We didn't know what we we're going to hit there. We could put a couple of permits along this structure. The structure's got a little bit of cover. So there's between 10 and 30 metres cover there, which is glacial till. And the reason why this deposit is still here today and why the guys back in the 1960s didn't really pursue it um, is because that cover effectively masked the deposit. So unless you knew what was happening in the 60s, 1980, 20, uh, in the 2000s, you're not going to see it. Um, and that's the reason why it's still there today. Okay, so before we, before we dive, get, get too deep into that, I just want to get a sort of helicopter view of what it is that you guys are and what you're trying to do. Because um, there's a press release to do when I talk about in terms of you know, in terms of the grade that you're finding for, for the nickel, which is, okay, so let's come back to the company. So you guys said, right, we've got, we've got a shell here. We're going to roll, find an asset to roll into. You're after gold. Just very quickly realize, ah, the nickel's going to be slightly more interesting. So has the gold component gone away now? Have you just stopped no, chasing that? No, it hasn't gone away. Right. No, there's... um. There's approximately, I'd say something north of 100 holes that's been drilled into this thing. And Dale Jin actually did this drilling. So we drilled a bunch of holes ourselves. Um, and obviously with the gold assay labs in Canada, it's been horrendous trying to get results and actually understand what we're sitting on. Um, but we're in a position almost, because all these historical holes, we need to go back and validate them, make sure they're, they're right. Um, so we've gone through that process. We've drilled our own holes to confirm what we've seen. Um, and now we're almost in a position where we're going to talk about the gold results as well, which we haven't really um, focused on for the last, I don't know, it's the last six months, I'd say. Right. But just on the drilling there, then you've got 100 historic holes. You've done, I don't know what you know, like twinning or in infill kind of? Uh, infill extensional. We've gone right. to the east. Um, yeah, we've, I think we've drilled about 60 holes into the gold. Okay, fine. And um, is that an entirely different area from where you're finding the, the nickel? Oh, this is a tough one. It's um, kind of intertwined. It's because the nickel is so extensive. Um, it looks like the nickel has actually uh, come through where the gold was and remobilized the gold. So there was this large gold system, but um, it looks like it's actually potentially separated and it flows through it. So where we're finding gold, um, there's potentially nickel as well. But you, you're gonna you're gonna have to make a choice here, aren't you? You're gonna have to because you, you don't go hunting for gold the same way that you 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 discover the the nickel sulfide ore body, right? Yeah, exactly. It's um, well, we found the gold only, and this is Dale's work back in uh, 2012. Is the reason why I identified it, it was actually doing IP studies to to identify the sulfides. So the IP um, studies were actually coming up with a very large response where he was hitting very large and extensive gold system. So you'd see hits like 100 metres of ground across this structure. So it's not like it's a this small, narrow vein type gold deposit. It's actually large, broad gold deposits. So it's interesting in that sense. And we, we're going through a process right now. Um, and there's probably, there's potential, I say potentially, it's, you know, I'm not the resource geologist, but there's a potential for a decent sized gold deposit there. Um, but... There's a big difference, and we haven't really gone into the nickel, but there's a difference between finding, and to take this as a grain of salt, finding a few million ounces of gold and finding three, 400 million tonnes of potential nickel sulphides, um, and especially in today's climate, when electric vehicles and the demand for nickel is going through the actual roof at some Right, yeah. so you, 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 you're saying that you'll have to find a way to try and do both, or you're going to have to pick... 
your commodity of choice or you partner with someone or you spin out? I mean, what are the conversations you're having at the moment? Um, internally, it's kind of a tough one. We're putting all our resources towards the nickel. Um, and again, we'll go into it later as to why. And uh, Well, tell me now. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to have that discussion now because I think it's, it's intriguing because yeah, okay. you're, you're, you're at a decision-making point because, you know, you got to work out the best use of money. A company of your side, you've got to work the best, most efficient use of, of, of capital, and you've, you've chosen the nickel. So, so why? Well, the main reason is the, the last hit, the most recent intersection that we released the market was a um, – 163 meters at 0.52 nickel with, I think it was like 0.016 cobalt. And um, the hole ends in mineralization. So, and the last 18 meters of that mineralization is um, 0.66 nickel plus 0.014 cobalt. Now, if you do a nickel equivalent, that's about 0.75 nickel over the last 18 meters and it ends in it. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but when was the last time you saw 164 meters, 163 meters of 0.52 nickel hit anywhere in the world? No, it, no, it, it, it was in, it definitely intriguing, and you know, I was sort of keen to, um, I was keen to understand, uh, you know, what you now do, having seen that, because it is very, very appealing. Um, and also, just for the sort of uninitiated, we've we've had a few questions sent in. It's like, you know, and, and sorry to ask you to do this, but you know, can you? Explain why you would bother reporting the cobalt number at 0.016. Yeah, when you build a plant that's potentially, now this is talking forward, right? So we're speaking um, um, on the basis that potentially one day we get a resource and it's a scale that we're looking at. Um, when you build a plant of a scale that you potentially can where we, um, with this deposit, if it, if it stacks up to what it looks like it's going to be, then 0 0.014, 0 0.016 is incredibly relevant, um, especially considering the amount of cobalt demand and the price of cobalt um, that, than where it looks like it's going. And especially diversifying from the, the places like DRC and, and the rest of it and coming from Canada, obviously, is going to be quite appealing for everybody. Right. And and, and so just, just push that a little bit further, right? But, you know, it's, I, I know this, we talk about it every week on our weekly uh, battery show at, at cruxinvestor.com. But the, the 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 cobalt or the, the byproduct of cobalt, in terms of dollars to you, it, it's meaningful. Um, and, uh, you know, and obviously in significant quantities uh, as well, if, if you can build this resource out um, to a certain scale. But I think some people perhaps new to the space will be looking at, well, they can't be that significant. It, the numbers are, are minuscule. You should focus on the gold. So what, what, what do you say to that? Because you, you told me, we pick okay, nickel. We pick nickel. Yeah, so. I'll put it in a bit of context. So if you have, let's we've drilled a 163-meter section there, um, and that was part of a 282-meter section at 0.43 nickel. So, and that's ending in mineralization. So we haven't been able to drill through this structure. So we then stepped out 150 meters to the south, um, southwest. We drilled another hole. So now we're testing strike extent here. And um, we drilled a 522 meter hole. From about 270 meters, we hit another 245 meter section of visible nickel sulfides. There's, there's uh, semi-massive, there's very coarse, there's disseminated, there's fine, it's extensive all the way through that section. So very quickly, we're going to put on tons here. So 150 meter step out, you're potentially already looking at 
I say potential, and um, you can do the back of the envelope numbers. That's 300 metres of strike. So you take a 50 metre or 100 metre side on each side of that. You'd add, we know we're at least 350 metres width because we haven't even been able to get through the structure. So the mineralising host structure, we haven't been able to drill to the other side just yet. It um, looks like it could be three to 400 metres deep. So we're looking at a very large resource already. It's just a very early days for us. So that hole's hit and that's into assays right now. We then, just purely because we're kind of trying to test the boundaries of this deposit, stepped out another 100 metres. So we're drilling that hole as we speak. Um, and, I mean, I can't report anything on that just yet. It's just early days. But, yeah, the, the potential scale is in the many, many hundreds of millions of tonnes. And that would be incredibly relevant to, uh, to you know, any of the battery producers, any of the major mining companies. Um, when you put into context, look at BHP. So most people know who BHP is. Nickel West is their nickel division. Their entire resource base is a billion tonnes at about 0.6 nickel. Their largest operation that's been going for 50 years right now is called Mount Keith. And Mount Keith is 230 million tonnes at 0.52 nickel. And they only get to liberate 50% of that. It's actually in 50, only 50% is in sulphides. With our deposit so far from the intersections we've, uh, we've identified, it's, um, we've got 93% of the actual nickel liberating into solution in the first partial digestion. So we're incredibly confident that the, um, the sulfide content versus the silicate content is uh, is beneficial. Okay, so you, and, and we know we know a lot about it because we've interviewed a few, a few companies, you know, quite close to you, um, who you, we, we've learned a lot from. So, and and I, I think the general cry is we need all the nickel we can get. So you know we, we're successful to, to to everyone. So we're not not picking sides here, um, but the. What they've been able to talk about and demonstrate is one, a knowledge of the nickel market more broadly and how they insert themselves uh, into that and potentially how they get funding to, to, you know, for, for whether it be for, you know, to build, build a plant and, and processing, uh, facilities. Um, and perhaps potentially who would be stepping in and, and, and buying them, right? You know, cause they're, they're going to need, uh, big strategic partners, more importantly, big strategic balance sheets are capable of actually advancing these projects along because they are vast. They're multi-decade type projects that you're talking about. You've got, you know, similar sort of scenario here. So where where are you in that mix? Like, so how, how, how much cash have you got today? And what, what do you do with that to advance this forward? Because it it's early days still, right? So what, what do you think you're going to be able to do with the cash you've got available today? Okay, so it is very early days. And we're a junior mining company. We're going to need money at some point. So that's just being brutally honest to every junior mining company at some point needs to raise capital because they, um, we want to progress what we're doing, right? And our strategy here to date is it's been incredibly, um, we've been incredibly lucky, let's be honest. I mean, to go and hit 163 metres in basically one of your first holes is, is very lucky, especially at that kind of grade. It's not like we're... Um, we could have drilled and hit 0.23 or 0.25 or 0.3. We didn't. We hit about 163 metres at 0.52 plus the cobalt, ending in mineralisation. So let's just be – I'm going to be perfectly open. That's lucky. 
what we've done is stepped out 150 meters and hit it again. So we're already on the path to expanding the size of this deposit. Um, we're stepping out again. So another 100 meters to the south. We're already got the pads in place and we've got a rig um, probably starting next week, 100 meters to the northeast. So if we put those five holes in, once we finish those five holes, if they all come in and I'm Mother Nature, you know, geology, I'll qualify it and quantify it as much as you want, as you possibly can. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what happened, you know, in terms of the grade. And basically that's where we're, we're sort of focused is if the grade hangs together and we map out one kilometre of this and it's 350 metres wide and say 400 metres deep, there's going to be a very large nickel deposit, which is relevant to Canada and North America, which is only 150 kilometres north of Sudbury. We've got multiple refineries there um, with a market, a battery market and a, that, that's in North America that demands this, kind of needs this to evolve. So, and the other benefiting factor from in terms of um, where it is in the world, it's a little bit better than I'm talking, I'm, I'm comparing to Australia. In Australia, we're paying somewhere between 25 and 30 cents a kilowatt hour for electricity. In Ontario, Canada, Quebec, and that part of the world, it's in terms of the power produced, the hydro, it's all clean. It's nowhere near as expensive as what it is here. I'm um, talking about Australia. So the opportunity is incredible. And I'm not just talking about it for us. Um, there are other nickel companies in our jurisdiction, our region, when you look at their grades and the, the biggest cost of a mine is energy. Um, the best place to find it is in um, Ontario, Canada. For sure. But back, back to the question, though, in terms of money, you've got available to you now. I, I get that juniors need to raise money, you know, a lot, and that's fine. So how much have you got now? What are you going to do with that? What do you do next? Depending, I guess it's going to depend on what you find, but if you find more of the same, do you, are you the guys to keep this going forward? Because after all, you, you you did start off hunting for gold. So what's what's your intent? So start with the money bit first. Um, so we had about $3.6 million at the start of the quarter. Um, we're going to need money. And I'll just be blatantly honest about it. Our share, current existing shareholders, um, of which the board and our close friends and confidants are large shareholders. So in terms of raising funds, they'll be there for us. Um, and I personally will put, cut a large check to put to progress this um, if we're successful. So the funding will probably come from our mates, let's, let's be and existing shareholders. If we're successful in the next three or four holes, you clearly, every major is going to be going, okay, there's, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of tons potentially there. Um, it's going to be relevant. Like if BHP's Mount Keith is 230 million tons at 0.52, then anything above that is going to be of interest to, to the majors. Um, do we want to build it? Um, I'll be brutally honest, I've built mines before. So if I've done, um, I'm going to talk about Sarah, which is take, took six years of my life, I raised $400 million. It was, it's a lot of work and it's very you know, tiresome, but in the sense of um, being able to do it, projects like this, if this scale, if, it, if what we are doing is what it is, will attract the talent. And the, the one place in the world that you want to find this, 
a project like this is, is 150 k's north of Sudbury because the amount of skills, technical capability um, in that part of the world to run, operate, and build a mine of this scale is it's probably the best place in the world to have discovered it. So whether it stays in this company and we progress it to the point where we um, need to raise a few billion dollars and then build a major mine. But I mean, again, if we find a deposit or at 0 0.5, 0 0.6, 0 0.4 around that region, and um, you know, who knows, maybe better, doing it's mother nature. But if we find a deposit of that scale, then, and building a, I don't know, 20 million ton per annum plant, let's use a hypothetical, 20 million ton per annum plant processing 0.5 material, you're producing you know, north of 50, somewhere between 50 and 100,000 tonnes of nickel metal, um, our plus the cobalt we're talking about. That's going to be relevant on a global scale. It's definitely relevant, but it's, it's a question of, you know, your intent and your ambition and what you're capable of doing. You're going to put up, write a big check. Your mates are going to write a big check. Shareholders have done quite well over the last, just, you know, just over a year um, with, with, the, with the shares. But you've got some big decisions to make now, right, which is you've got to raise some capital to drill. I don't know how many meters you're going to go after, so I don't know how much, how many dollars you're no. thinking about. Yeah, no, we need to do about... 20, if it all comes together, like we're thinking, probably about 20,000 metres. Okay. Um, it's not like the gold. This is not a, um, a narrow vein gold deposit. We're not doing 25 metre spacing, 50 metre spacing. We're doing 100 metre spacing. It's like a large magmatic nickel intrusive body. That's so we're doing large space drilling. Yeah. Um, so it's more like a, to give people a, like an example, it's like finding a porphyry copper deposit. You kind of know what you're going through. It's going to be somewhat uniform. Yes, it's, it's, it's fairly monstrous. Okay, so 20,000 metres, that gives us a sense of, and it's all fairly shallow stuff as well, so that's, that's quite a few holes um, yeah. you're talking about there, and we, we understand the cost of drilling in, in, in uh, Timmins. So, okay, that, that's good news. Um, and um, so you're going to raise the money, presumably, at some, some point real soon, possibly this this quarter. Um, yep. And the drill season, remind me, when, when's that all kind of kick off over there? Yeah, well, we, we can drill all, all year round. Okay, okay. One of the reasons why we're, um, if you look at these uh, earlier announcements, we've, um, we're drilling off one pad, that's all we permitted. And, uh, you know, when your second hole or third hole, I think, what we put into this is hitting these blebs of Pentlandite, they're like, okay, we need to figure out what else is going on here. So we went and permitted a whole bunch of holes um, to attack it from both angles. So it's, uh, yeah, the deposits, just give it a context. This is defined by a, um, a large magnetic uh, response. So wherever we drill this magnetic response, we're getting nickel sulfides. It's just when we, um, when we found this particular zone, the blebs and the coarseness of the pentlodite just increased. So it's, that's basically where, um, why we're focusing on this particular part. We don't know, we're not sure if this is the best part of our, our deposit. Right. Well, no, at the sort of stage, why would you know that? And um, okay, so you, okay, so that, you're going to clear about the, the, what you are comfortable de doing. So you've got to raise some money, do some drilling. That's kind of the easy bit, right? I say fairly homogenous. You've got a decent sized land package. Um, but at some point you say, well, either we've got the skills or we can buy the skills and we're comfortable doing that. Or you say, we need a strategic partner in here. One for their balance sheet, two probably possibly for their the skill set, and and maybe to satisfy some of your 
your other ambitions of, of, of maybe growing this thing even further? Because are there a lot of properties up there available to you? Let's, let's think this through. So in terms of investors, and this is the reason why I'm here, is value creation, right? When you go and hit 163 metres and end in mineralisation at 0.52 nickel, step out another 150 metres, hit it again, and then continue to do so, that's where the value is created, right? So we're discovering a large nickel system on nickel ore body. It's not a, it's not 0.2, it's not 0.3, talking about significantly higher grade. So you can look at those, those deposits and, and understand the difference in what we're doing. So if this does continue and it does have that scale, that's where the value, a lot of the value is going to be created. Um, am I going to be here in 50 years still mining it? Don't think so. That's, that's not my plan. It's, I don't want shareholders to be waiting that long to actually um, to generate value. So our, our, what we can do at this point and the team that we have in place at this point is effectively drill out a proper resource. Um, and that's, that's what the ambition of the next funding exercise is. It's not, well, we'll do the metallurgy as well. So we're sending off samples to do all the metallurgical work to prove that it is what it is. And um, we can tell from the information that we've got so far that we're quite confident on that. But um, we'll do that part. But when it comes to actually uh, designing and operating a plant, um, that's Vale, that's BHP, that's Anglo, it's, it's, yeah, it's Glencore, it's not us. Um, not at this point anyway. I mean, like I said, if we go and define four or 500 million tonnes, let's say we do a hypothetical, 300 million tonnes at that kind of grade, our board will evolve, our management team will evolve, um, the skill sets of the company will evolve. And I mean, I've been through this before and I've, I've you know, taken a project from the first drill hole to an operation. And it's the, the people that we started with and the team we started with weren't the same people where we ended with. Um, so it's, it's a matter of life cycle of a company, an exploration company going from an explorer to a producer. But I can show you this, most of the value was generated in discovering the deposit. And just defining its house, the, the grade it is and the, and the scale it is. Um, that's that's basically the aim at this point, Matthew. Until we um, until we go and define exactly how large this is and what the system's doing. And um, to date, it's been incredibly homogenous in terms of its scale. And if the next two drill holes do what we hope they do. Um, then we're looking at one of those very large magmatic nickel sulfide intrusive bodies that's going to be of relevance to a lot of majors, um, especially at this grade. And especially uh, the, the sulfide versus silica content. And again, I'll say it's not, we're not in Tanzania or DRC. This is Ontario, Canada, where I'm. Um, yeah, the power used to produce it is all hydro. The cost structure is very different. And there's so much technical expertise, not just for us to tap into, but also whoever eventually acquires this if we do what we say we're going to do or we hope we're going to do.